Today, now, probably more than ever, not everything we see is actually what it's trying to say. And many things that are said is not actually what it's supposedly supposed to be. I think if we look at where our world is, and especially in the area of advertisement, it's clearly shown in advertisements that what you see is not always what it seems to be in the truthful world or in reality. For instance, uh, we were in the mainland and there was this this big billboard uh, of this woman uh, smoking a cigarette, nice hair, you know, curls and uh, nice sheen to her hair, you know, uh, smooth skin on the surface, uh, slim body, and they, they painted a picture of if you smoke this ki- these kinds of cigarettes or this brand, you will look like this woman. There was this other billboard. You had these big, you know, these muscle guys with these beer bottles, and, and it had an advertisement about beer, and it showed these men. And I thought, that's not what beer does to your belly. And so you look at what, is, what they're trying to say, but it's not accurate. We were in the, one of the retail stores, and there was this picture on the makeup aisle. You know where there's foundation and mascara and all these different eyeliners. And there's this one, I was with Heidi, and there's this one big picture. And it was of a, a woman who was advertising this one foundation, uh, this whatever they put on their face. And, and, I, and I was looking at the picture... There was no pores on her face, no wrinkles, smooth skin, smooth. And I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, that's that's so perfect. And I'm sure people are walking by wondering, what in the world is wrong with this guy? And I'm looking at it and, and this is what I looked at, that there is no person on the face of this planet, even with makeup on, that would have smooth skin like that. Because they take this picture, take it into a computer program, and then fix all the flaws, and then put it up for you to visualize and say to yourself, and your mind will be tricked to saying, if you buy this product, this is what you'll look like. All of this that we see that is not always what it's supposed or what it's trying to say, it's not always accurate, can be summed up in this one word. Integrity. See, integrity tells us that there's more under the surface than there is above the surface. Integrity says, this is accurate. This is true. This is what it really is. Image, on the other hand, is what everybody really sees. It's the outside things, things that are above the surface. We can get away with image, but we can't fake integrity. Majority of the time when you see someone's life or career or even uh, their, their vision or goal for their life begin to spiral, it's, it's very rarely because of a lack of talent or skill. It's usually because of a lack of integrity. That's where it begins to spiral down. Many of us would say, well, I, ca- I can get away with certain things. You know, I, I, nobody really knows And so I I live an okay life. My life is fine. Well, imagine, just imagine, if we became people who had this thing called integrity. Now, you may think, oh, no, I do have integrity. I'm honest. I'm honest majority of the time. Most of the time, I'm honest. Well, I'm honest when I need to. 
Integrity is 100%. It's not 90%. It's not 95%. It's 100%. Either we have integrity or we don't. Now, I'm going to give you a little trivia here. Uh, I have some fruits. What is this? Banana. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Off balance. What is this? Cantaloupe. Some of you are putting on your glasses. That's fine. What is this? Papaya. What is this? What is this? Pineapple. Oh, almost broke. What is this? How do you know? What you see is what you get. Now, this banana, when I peel it, guess what's inside? How do you know? What if it's not a banana? What if you take this off of the tree and it's not a banana? What if it's a mango? You never know in today's world. In today's world, you just never know. But let's just check, just in case. Ah, you was right. It's on banana. You guys are super smart. Everything God creates has integrity. Everything He creates has integrity. If you go up to Mauna Kea, it's made from lava. This whole island is made out of lava, out of a volcano. What you see is what you get. If you dig it up and you take some samples, you're going to find that it came from a volcano. Whatever God creates has integrity. But what about people? Because God created us. Well, how come we don't have, in some cases, integrity? Well, God created us perfect. He created us also with this freedom to choose. Out of this freedom to choose, we actually disobeyed God. Not us personally in the beginning of mankind, but by a person by the name of Adam. Adam and Eve. And they disobeyed God, and because of that one disobedient act, now sin came into the world, and it got passed down to all of us. Now we lack integrity. So how do we get back to a place where we have integrity? Well, we're going to learn that this morning. How do we develop this thing called integrity? There's a man by the name of Moses, and we've been uh, going through that in our devotions. We've been learning about Moses and the Israelites and how God rescued the Israelites out of the Egyptians' uh, hands of slavery. And now they're going into the wilderness. They're becoming their own nation. God gave them a promise of the promised land. And so now Moses is dealing with all of these people. I'm going to read out of the book of Numbers, Numbers chapter 20. And if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. If not, I'll read it to us this morning. Numbers chapter 20, I'm going to read from verses 1 through 13. It says, Then the children of Israel, the whole congregation, came into the wilderness of Zin in the first month, and the people stayed in Kadesh, and Miriam died there and was buried there. Now, there was no water for the congregation. Now, this is a huge problem because they're in the desert. If there's anything you would want in the desert, it would be, not your cell phone, it would be water. Cell phone would work, but if you have no coverage, no sense. So they gathered against Moses and Aaron. And the people contended with Moses and spoke, saying, If we, if we had died when our brethren died before the Lord, if only we had died before our brethren died before the Lord, why have you brought us up out of the assembly of the Lord into this wilderness that we and our animals should die here? And why have you made us come up out of Egypt to bring us to this evil place? It is not a place of grain or figs or vines or pomegranates, nor is there any water to drink. So Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly to the door of the tabernacle of meeting. That's where they would meet with God. 
And they fell on their faces, and the glory of the Lord appeared to them. So now they're grumbling. They're saying, Moses, you, you, you took, us, took us out of Egypt. We had everything in Egypt. Forgetting that they were slaves back then. They're saying, Moses, why did you take us out of this land? We had everything. We, we, we had food. We had water. We had shelter. Forgetting that they were slaves. And so now they're grumbling to Moses. And then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Take the rod and you, you and your brother Aaron gather the congregation together. And then he says, Speak. Speak to the rock before their eyes, and it will yield its water. Thus you shall bring water for them out of the rock, and give drink to the congregation and their animals. So Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock, and he said to them, he says this, Hear now, you rebels! So not in a... You know, nice way did he approach them. Not in a kind way. It's almost like in anger. Instead of saying, gather, gather all you people of the Lord. He said, all you stubborn people, you rebellious people, get over here. It's like he's scolding them. All you rebels, all of you rebels, get over here. Must we bring water for you out of this rock? Then Moses lifted his hand and struck the rock twice with his rod. And water came out abundantly. And the congregation and their animals drank. Now watch this little shift of gear. Then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron. Because you did not believe me to hallow me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore you shall not bring this assembly into the land which I have given them. This was the water of Meribah, because the children of Israel contended with the Lord. And he was hallowed among them. Now, here they are dealing with a situation. Yes, they're in a bad situation. There's no water. Moses goes before the Lord and says, Lord, the people are complaining. What are we going to do? God says, speak to the rock and I'll cause water to come out. Well, Moses takes a little bit of what the Lord said, that the water is going to come out of the rock. But Moses did it his own way. Instead of speaking to the rock, he struck the rock. Water did come out. The people were blessed. But because Moses made a decision, it affected him permanently for the rest of his life. In other words, he could see the promise of God, but he never could enter it. See, many of us, we can see the promises of God. We can see what our life can be. We can see what our marriage can be. We can see what our family could be. But because we try things our own way, we never enter into the promise that we can see. We can see what God can do. But we never enter it because of this one thing called integrity. Integrity is hard to develop on your own. You can't do it by yourself. You can't do things your own way thinking that God is going to continue to bless what we do without Him. Oh, the people were blessed. They received water. They got to drink the water. But Moses made a decision that affected his entire life. If we look at the decision that he made... And this thing called integrity. This is what happens in life. We have our low times and we have our great times. We have not so good times and then our high times. Low times, high times. We go through this cycle throughout our entire life. There's good times and bad times. Moses made a decision at the wrong point of his emotions. That he made a decision at the low point of his emotional roller coaster ride. And so this is where he made this decision, and this is the wrong time to make a decision. This is the right time 
to make a decision. It's when we're doing well. Moses responds when he's angry, calls them rebels. Have you ever responded in anger? Because you're at that point where you're angry instead of waiting for you to be on the upside. That's what God is saying integrity will do. Integrity will help us and save us from making temporary decisions. Permanent decisions that will affect the rest of our life based on these passing emotions. That's what integrity will help us with. It'll help us to pass through the emotional roller coaster ride that will cause us to make horrible decisions that affect us permanently for the rest of our life. See, we want to, we want to learn from Moses and, and this decision that he made so that we can develop this thing called integrity. Someone said it like this. What's under the surface should carry more weight than what's above the surface if the ship is going to make it through storms without capsizing. That's exactly how it is with integrity. What's under the surface had better be greater than what you're showing to the world or you're never going to make it through the storms of life. The book of Titus says this, and it's in your notes. If you have your bulletins, you can take out this note paper. And it says in Titus 2, 7 and 8, Show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works, and in your teaching, show integrity. You can circle that word. Integrity, dignity, and sound speech that cannot be condemned, so that an opponent may be put to shame, having nothing evil to say about us. See, every person, every single one of us can develop integrity by starting on the inside rather than the outside. Sometimes we want to change all the circumstances thinking that, okay, that's going to help me. But only to find out that the outside circumstances, we have no control over. But we do have control over what takes place on the inside. But it takes wisdom. But not just wisdom. It's going to require integrity. See, wisdom says, wisdom, wisdom tells us and shows us that this is the right path to take. That's what wisdom is. Wisdom is knowing the right path to take. Integrity is taking it. Wisdom will show us the right path. It'll show us the right way. But it's integrity that will take us down that path. See, wisdom says the right path is following God. That's what wisdom says. Wisdom says the Word of God is what I should read. Wisdom says the Word of God is what will feed my soul and what will give me wisdom beyond my ages. That's what wisdom says. Integrity says follow God. Integrity follows God. Integrity follows the lifestyle of Jesus Christ. Integrity will take us on the path that wisdom says this is the right way to go. So where do we begin? Here's the first thing. Integrity, my integrity, your integrity will always begin with the Lord. It will always begin with the Lord. And if you're taking notes, you can write that in. My integrity begins with the Lord. It doesn't end with the Lord. It doesn't end there. Like God is looking at us saying, oh, you're such a bad person. So because you're a bad person, you cannot come to me. He says, no, no, you start with me. That's where integrity begins. Don't wait till your life falls apart and then say, okay, I tried everything else. So the last thing I'm going to try is God. No, you start with God. You don't want your life to spiral so deep down into a pit 
that it's going to take you years and decades just to get back to normal level. You want to start with the Lord. You want to begin there. Sometimes we slip and fall because of a lack of integrity. And then we try everything else but God. And God is saying, no, you you start with me. You start there. See, we begin with the Lord because we're so easily duped to think that we can do things on our own strength. Start with the Lord. He'll give us the wisdom with every moment, every decision, every challenge and season of my life. Integrity will always begin with the Lord. That's where it starts. You can do things on your own. It may work for a while, but sooner than later, and you watch, we'll miss out on the full blessings of God. Everything will fall apart, will crash, will burn, will fall. Our life will just be dismantled due to our decisions or even other things that take place that we have no control over. It should begin with the Lord. Here's what's not good about not beginning with the Lord. is if we try things our own way and we don't follow what God is saying, yeah, we can survive for a while, but we will reap some consequences to the decisions that we make that are far from God. And especially our children. Our children would, will reap the, the destruction that you and I have caused due to a lack of integrity. And our children are so innocent, they don't even know what's happening. All they know is as they grow up, certain, certain things were damaged on the inside. Many of us were damaged on the inside, even as adults, because of certain things that were passed down to us. Numbers 20, verse 12, and it's in your notes, it says, The Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, and He says, Because you did not believe me to hallow me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore you shall not bring this assembly into the land which I have given them. See, Moses heard and knew what path to take, but he didn't take it. And it affected the children of Israel. It affected the generations after that. It affected that entire generation. Integrity begins with the Lord. So what were the consequences for Moses then? Well, not only did he not enter the promised land, But that entire generation didn't enter the promised land, except those two. Remember Joshua and Caleb, and we talked about them last week. A lack of integrity affects a whole bunch of people. It's not just us. Sometimes we think, well, you know, it's it's my life, not yours. I'm not doing anything wrong to you. It's my life. It shouldn't bother you. Stop being in my business. It doesn't affect you. Leave me alone. It doesn't affect the family. It doesn't affect anybody else. But it does. You may think it doesn't, but it does. Everything we do when we lack integrity affects everybody else. Why? Because they love you. That's the whole reason why. We're we're weaved together through relationship. So even though you think it doesn't affect other people, it affects everybody you come in contact with. That's how powerful this thing called integrity is. Okay, but... But Moses did well, right? I mean, he, he committed to leading the, the Israelites out of Egypt. He committed to, to following the ways of God. He, he committed to, to leading this nation. He committed to building the tabernacle. He committed to organizing the people. But the people, they grumbled. They complained. They came against him. They didn't have water. And so they complained against his leadership. Moses didn't sign up for this. He just obeyed God saying, I'm going to help lead them out of Israel. I mean, lead them out of Egypt. 
I didn't... What else do you expect Moses to do? He didn't sign up for this. I like how someone said it in, in, in commitments and integrity. And he said, integrity is keeping my commitments even if the circumstances when I made the commitment have changed. Reminds me of our marriages. When you first get married, oh, everything's sweet. Everything's great. Honeymoon is great. Everything starts off great. And then after the years go by and the honeymoon fades away, and then you're, you're, you come to the realization that, wait a minute, I made a commitment. I'm going to be with this person for the rest of my life. That season changes. That beginning stages, it changes. But am I going to stay committed to what I said I was going to be committed to? We don't commit to marriage. We commit to people and the Lord. See, we make commitments, but will I, will I be a person of integrity when, when the circumstances change when I made the commitment? That's what integrity will do. Integrity will help us for the long haul when circumstances change. Because it's not what's happening on the outside, really. It's what's happening on the inside. That's where integrity does its battle. When everything fades on the outside, when the economy takes a turn for the worse, will I still stay committed to my financial obligations? When I borrowed money from someone, I said, I pay you back tomorrow. And tomorrow is 10 years later. Will you still stay obligated to your financial obligations? Will you still stay committed? I remember when we were tithing and we said, Oh, Lord, we're going to tithe. We're going to tithe. And then finances were difficult. And then we had to pay the bills. We're thinking, Oh, what are we going to do? Am I still going to be committed to what I said I was going to be committed to and trust God? And then make all the other sacrifices so that I can keep my commitments. Can I do that? See, integrity allows us to stay strong in our commitments when our circumstances have changed, integrity says you can still do this. Yes, the outside circumstances will change, but integrity keeps us strong on the inside. See, this is where integrity begins. It's with the Lord. But it's going to affect us here in our hearts. Therefore, and you can write this in your second point, be careful of what I let into my heart. Be careful of what we let into our heart. And, and sometimes we don't even recognize it, but we, we're, we, we, we are slowly desensitized by certain things that we shouldn't let into our hearts. Through comedy or through advertisements, through reading books, through uh, things that we view, that all of these things that are coming in, we just don't know what's happening. Because it's something that's happening on the inside of our hearts. And so it affects the outside. Like right now, the video going bad. Just stay focused on the Lord. Outside circumstances, we cannot change, but we can definitely make a difference in our heart. See, we may, be, we, not, we may not be able to stop things from entering our minds because it'll just come in and we, our, our brains work so quickly. We cannot stop things from entering our minds, but we can sure stop things from entering our hearts. So the Bible says, guard your hearts. See, image is what people think of you. That's your image. Integrity is who you really are. That's the inside stuff. Because what's on the inside will come out. And if it's true, 
that integrity is what's on the inside, then I must guard my heart. One day, some Pharisees and teachers of the religious law, they arrived from Jerusalem to see Jesus. And they noticed that some of His disciples failed to follow the Jewish ritual of hand-washing before eating. So the Pharisees and teachers of religious law asked Jesus, He said, why don't your disciples follow our age-old tradition? They eat without first performing the hand-washing ceremony. Well, Jesus replies, and He replies with this phrase, You hypocrites! It's kind of a strong phrase. You hypocrites! Isaiah was right, and he's talking about the prophet Isaiah, which is in our Bible, when he prophesied about you. For he wrote, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. For you ignore God's law and substitute your own tradition. It's not what goes into your body that defiles you. You are defiled by what comes out from your heart. Then Jesus went into a house to get away from the crowd, and his disciples asked him what he meant by the parable he had just used. Jesus responds to them, Don't you understand either? He asked, Can't you see that the food you put into your body cannot defile you? Food doesn't go into your heart, but only passes through. By saying this, he declared that every kind of food is acceptable in God's eyes. And, And what Jesus was saying is, What comes out of a man, that's what defiles a person. Because that's what integrity is. It's something on the inside. He continues in Mark 7, 20 through 23, and it's in your notes. And he said, What comes out of a man, that defiles a man. For from within, out of the heart of, out of, the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lewdness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile a man. And it includes women. It's actually the word they're using is it involves the people. But they concluded that it was certain foods that they were forbidden to eat and how they washed their hands in this hand-washing ceremony that caused evil to come out of their hearts. That's what they were thinking. They're thinking, oh, all these evil things in our hearts, it's it's a result of because we're not doing the outside things. Jesus said, no, no, no. It's what you let enter your heart that's going to defile you because it's going to come out. Everything that comes out of a man, that's what defiles you. See, Jesus clearly communicated and it's not the outside that is important that determines a pure and integrous heart. It's what's on the inside that determines one's integrity. Circumstances are going to change. Real integrity is doing the right thing, knowing that nobody's going to know whether you did it or not. That's a true test of integrity. We were shopping one day, uh, grocery shopping, Heidi and I, and uh, we left the store... And as we were loading our groceries into the car, we noticed that we had a case of uh, water on the bottom. And I said, hey, Heidi, did they charge us for that? I don't know if they did. And so she checked the receipt. She said, no, they didn't. So she went back inside and then she returned it. And the woman at the customer service said, so let me get this right. You, you, you left the store and you found out that you didn't pay for this. You came back in to pay for it? And Heidi said, yeah. She goes, thank you for doing that. Not too many people would do that. 
And Heidi said, well, you know, I, I just want to make sure I pay for it. And the lady said this, thank you for being honest. And then she paid for it, no big deal, and we were done. Before we knew Christ, we would be like, praise the Lord! Hallelujah, look, God provided water. Just like Moses, he broke the rock. Same thing, look, God provided water. Hallelujah, oh, bag rice? Hey, they never charged, that's not my fault. They never see them. That's not my fault. Oh, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That's what we think. But integrity makes us get back on the right path and follow what God is saying. And God is saying it's going to start on the inside. That's where it's going to begin. Therefore, you've got to guard your heart because the test of life will come our way. Some of us, we will, because it's tax season, we'll say, oh, how can I get away with this one? Because if I can get away with this, I can get more money. Or if I take a shortcut here, then my taxes will be better. And so we try to think of shortcuts. We have, we have office supplies that no one takes record of. And then we figure, ah, I can take one post-it stack. Nobody going to know. These pens we can take. Nobody going to know. That's where integrity is tested. Exactly then, when nobody else knows but you. That's a true test of integrity. Be careful what you let into your heart. I try to think of it this way. Live in such a way so that when our children think of honesty, they try to think of what does integrity mean? When they try to think of what does it mean to be fair and caring, that they think of you, that they think of me, because we live the life of integrity. Our children are going to learn from us. Be careful what we let inside of our hearts. Moses and Aaron made what was happening on the outside affect what the people and circumstances influence what was happening on the inside of their heart. They let all the outside things influence the inside. Therefore, and here's the last thing we can write down. Put away that which destroys my integrity. Put it away. Make that decision. Put it on the side. It'll save our families, our marriages, our relationships, and maybe even your job. Integrity is that valuable. See, we have no choice in growing Older, We have no choice in growing old. We have no choice to look at our face in the mirror and see another wrinkle or spot and say, Wrinkle, be gone in the name of Jesus. We have no choice to say to our hairline, Stop receding. Hair, stop falling out. Hair, stop changing color. Well, you can dye it, but, you know, that's, that's your choice. You can do that. But you cannot choose to stop growing old. But we can choose to grow up. And that's what integrity is all about. It's a choice we make to say, it's time for me to grow up. Not grow old. We have no choice. We're growing old just by default. You can lie on the bed and grow old. You can do nothing and grow old. But we want to grow up. That's what integrity does. 1 Corinthians 13, 11 says, When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. It's actually meaning to mature. 
not just becoming a man. And it's the opposite too. When I put away childish things, I become a man. Let me ask you this question. Do you still deal with the same kinds of things you dealt with in seventh grade? Unless you are in seventh grade, then yeah, you are. Or if you're not yet, then you will. But as an adult, do you still deal with the same attitudes that you did in intermediate school and high school and as a young adult? Do you still deal with the same things and same issues you were dealing with 10 years ago in your marriage, five years ago in your marriage? Are you still dealing with the same things, same issues? Well, the Bible says it's time for me to put away childish things. It's time for me to grow up. And sometimes we still do the things we used to that got us into trouble, but now the Lord encourages us to put away those childish things. And He says it's time to grow up and be a person with integrity. See, when, when ungodly temptations and when evil thoughts and, and evil tries to find its way into the, the inner parts of our heart and when, when temptations and, and tests come knocking at the door of our hearts, you let integrity answer the door. You don't let your past answer it. You don't let your reflexes answer it. You don't let the things that, that destroyed you answer it. You don't look for revenge to answer it. You don't look for, for fault to answer it. You don't look for someone else's mistake to answer it and point fingers. No, you answer it with integrity. Because that's going to help us to push through the growing up stage. Whatever is under the surface should be a whole lot more than what we see. If we think of it this way, that there's something that separates us And this would be like water. That it separates us from what the world sees and what is under the surface of our lives. That there's this water separating us. Above the water is this thing called image. Underneath is where we have integrity. So think of it this way as an iceberg. That there is more under the surface than there is above it. That's what we have to think. Think of integrity as an iceberg. That you have so much more under the surface than we see above the surface. Because image is what people see. Integrity is what we really are. Let's not that be upside down. Otherwise we'll capsize on every turn of life. Every emotional roller coaster ride, this will just flip us over if we're backwards. But the Bible says, no, integrity is everything that's hidden beneath the surface. It's what will help us. And we'll be able to catch the things that will ruin our image. We'll be able to catch those things. Not let it destroy our life, our family, and our, our future, and even our work environment, or the friends that we're trying to reach out to, our family members that want to know Jesus Christ. Yesterday, if you follow NASCAR at the, at the uh, I think it's at the Daytona, I think it's the Daytona 500, uh, coming down the last stretch, the checkered flag, there was an accident. One of the cars spun out. The engine flew out of the car, and the car flew up to some debris, went into the crowd. The tire flew over this thing called the catch fence. There's a fence around it. But the catch fence caught the engine. If the engine was not caught by this catch fence, people would have died. Now, people were injured, but it would have been 
much more horrific. It would have been, uh, it would have been devastating because people could have died. A reporter, when he was talking about this accident, he said this, the catchments did its job. It did its job. You see, the integrity of the catch fence is what was able to save others. Integrity is the catch fence when it comes to your life and my life. When we want to react to people, when we want to gossip, when we want to slander, when we want to put other people down, when we want to take shortcuts. Integrity is the catch fence that says, nope. It's not gonna. It's not gonna happen. I'm not gonna let it go that far. Nope. Yeah, I want to say this to so and so, but nope. I'm gonna let integrity catch that. I'm gonna wait. It's not the right time to say this. Not the right time to make this decision. I'm gonna wait till my attitude is better. Then I'm gonna make some decisions. And integrity will do that. Here's the definition of integrity in the in the dictionary. It's a firm adherence to a code of especially moral or artistic values. Incorruptibility. And an unimpaired condition or soundness. The quality or state of being complete or undivided. In other words, completeness. That integrity is not 90%. It's not 95%. There's no such thing as 99% integrity. It is 100% integrity. Either you have integrity or you don't. Now that becomes a lot more challenging because there's nobody alive that has 100% integrity. Do you know anybody who is 100%, 100% filled with integrity? 100%. Actually, there is one person who is alive and well and his name is Jesus Christ. 100% integrity. If I'm ever going to learn about integrity, it's going to start with the Lord first. That's the person I'm going to follow. Wisdom says, follow Jesus. He's 100% filled with integrity. That's wisdom. Integrity is following Him. See, when Jesus was on the cross and He was dying for your sins and my sins, it was the outside circumstances that told Him what to do. Get down off that cross. Send down your angels. You can, you can save yourself. You can do all of these things. Don't let them do this to you. Integrity said, this must be done to save everyone else. Jesus had the best catch fence. And His catch fence saved you and I. And now he offers his life to you and I so that we can become people who has integrity. It's not so that people see our image. It's so that they begin to see the image of Christ through our integrity. As the book of Proverbs says, whoever walks in integrity will be delivered. But he who is crooked in his ways will suddenly fall. Jesus was delivered Jesus rose again because of this. He had integrity. And He freely offers that to you and I today. It's up to us to make that decision. You can put away your Bibles and we're going to pray. You can bow our heads. Let's pray together. Let's just take this time to Kind of let this 
settle in our hearts and process some things. Well, let's pray. Lord, as we bow our hearts and eyes and heads before you, that you would continue to do whatever it takes in our hearts to become people of integrity. And we don't want to just be people who have integrity just for the sake of being good people. Because being good people is, is great to have in this world. But how good can we be to be considered good? We really need you. There's some of you this morning, and maybe you've never come to this decision or realization that integrity is that valuable in our lives. But that there is one person who has 100% integrity that freely offers his life to you today. And his name is Jesus Christ. And all he's saying is, it's time for us to build this relationship. And if you've never given your heart to Jesus Christ, and you want to do that this morning, would you just lift a hand and I'm going to pray with you. Go ahead, just hold the hands up. Good, God sees your hands. And you, you want to give your heart to Jesus Christ, and I'll lead you in a prayer. Just hold your hands up. God sees your hands. He sees your hearts. Good, hold them up. Lord sees it. God bless you all in this area. God bless you right there in this area. God bless you right there. God bless you back there. God bless you. He sees your hands. God bless you. He sees everything that is in your heart. God bless you back there. God sees you. Good. God sees your hands. You can put your hands down. And here's the prayer that will give your heart to Jesus Christ. And in exchange, He'll give you a brand new life. He'll give you the life that He's promised to give to you. In fact, we can all say this prayer together, but especially those who are giving their hearts to Jesus for the very first time. Let's say this together. Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Thank you for washing away my sins. Make me brand new. I believe in you. I will follow you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. There's some of us, as we continue to pray, that we're Christians and we've been walking with the Lord for a while. And, and maybe today it's, it's one of those times that God is saying, I'm going I'm to encourage you one notch up. And I'm growing you spiritually and I'm doing something in your life that you cannot see yet. There's some promises ahead, but, but we've got to get this thing correct called integrity. And God is saying, today, I will give you the strength and what you need so that you can continue on in building and developing this thing called integrity. And if you're a Christian and you're saying, Lord, I want that, would you lift a hand? And in doing so, you're saying, Lord, I, I receive that from you. Lord, we do. We raise our hands. We receive this from you, Lord. Help us to become people of integrity as Christians, Lord. That we will model what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. This world doesn't need more advertisements. It needs more Christians to advertise you. And that's what we choose to do. We can put our hands down. So, Lord, continue to build in us. Continue to help us with this thing called integrity. So that we could live life at its best. It's in your name that we pray. And we all said, Amen.